Views expressed by Northstar do not express legal or investment advice. Programming is brought to you in part by Once Fiduciary. For all of your business planning and family office needs, go to trustonce.com or call them at 307-263-0760. That's 307-263-0760 or trustonce.com. Scams and Scam Artists on this episode of North Star. And we're back. Back and in effect, live and in 3D. Absolutely, absolutely. The evil doctor business. Hey, lay professor, the instructor. <laughs> How we are doing? Has that hot weather hit you yet? Uh, yeah, you know, even though it was nice, it was kind of it was kind of nice this uh, weekend. Uh, and uh, your know, funny thing just happened that I wanted to make you laugh about. So, you know, I ended up sending you the link for the show for the recording session. Uh, <laughs> and I actually ended up sending it to the wife and it said, sorry about that. The wife called and then I had the link under there. She was like, sweetie, you, you sent it to me, not Sam. <laughs> I hope I don't make her feel like a burden when I put it that way. You know, like oh, you know, right, right. You know, man, without without her, there's no me. You know, so that's right. Oh, that's man. right. Uh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Listen, we all got those. We all got those things, man. Where you know you open up and uh, you know. You're like, hey, I got to do this and got to do that. But listen, we all know home is the priority. Oh goodness, yes it is. Oh, but uh, yeah, no, nah, man. But the but the the weather cooled down a little bit. They had, we had all those rainstorms last week. Thank God, because right, uh, right. my grass was. I, mean, I could hear my grass singing when it was raining. <laughs> and uh, so we we actually went uh, uh, back down to uh, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the parents drove up from from Baton Rouge again, and we hung out again. And uh, it was, you know, another good weekend. And so it was it was good. Uh, what about you guys? Did did you all do any grilling or anything for the weekend? Or um, we had a we had a good uh, heat wave run through. We caught a little bit of that rain this weekend. And um, really, these uh, this today was really the 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 most hot day that we've had so far. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. And then the weekend, the weekend prior to this, we had a good heat wave, and um, but we're getting a uh, we're getting a little mix. It's a little on, it's a little off. You know, we'll get a we'll get a good ninety degree day, and then for some reason, sixty will run right through here. Really? Yeah, yeah. This global warming thing is real. <laughs> wow. So sixty degree. I just can't even imagine sixty degrees this time of year. Yeah, yeah, it, it it flips around. You know, it, at night we had it dip down to sixty. It was running, uh, you know, it'll run eighty. You know, we'll get one day where it's cool. The next day it's super hot. It's very, uh, very sporadic. Not as consistent as I remember growing up. Yeah. Um, so we we do have these wild swings. I guess I, I guess starting now it seems to start to slowly settle into you know, it, its normal range, but. Um, you know, nothing like I remember. We are definitely, there is definitely a change on the planet going on. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of it is, um, uh, the, you remember that, uh, that volcano that spewed, I think it was over the holidays, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that, that probably put a lot of sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere, which can kind of have a weird way. Now it wasn't a super volcano, so we're not going to have any snow blizzards this summer. Like, like the year of 1812 when they had to fight the war of 1812 in the snow blizzard during the summer. Right. Uh, right. Um, the super volcano way out in the Philippines erupted that, that year. But this was a, this was a pretty big volcano that was out there in the Pacific this holiday season. Yeah. So, you know, probably put a significant amount in and it's kind of weird right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so funny to me how particulates and gases can affect mm-hmm. the, the climate like that. Right. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. I, I don't know what our collective, you know, supposed brain trust of smart politicians are going to come up with, but you know, we do have to come up with a sensible way to address this um, yeah. because there's definitely a, a concerted change. You know, I, I remember growing up, you know, winter was winter, spring was spring, summer was summer. You could almost, you could almost set time by it, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it is a little bit off. It has gotten down to 60 uh, during nighttime here a few times, but during the day it's back up. I mean, we haven't had anything lower than, than 80, but that 80 and 85 degree range this, this uh, weekend just felt like a relief to us. It felt great. Yes. Uh, I was very surprised being in the shade a few times and I I didn't feel uh, overwhelmingly hot. So that was good. Yeah, yeah, very interesting moves. So, um, yeah. so today we got some good stuff. We see the people love to talk things about business. So today we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into some good stuff about some. Now that you got your business up and running, you got something to pledge. You got your structure all together. Let's talk about the very next thing that generally happens to you on your process. There, then you start to get the scam stuff. <laughs> Look, we had to do this, right? Because we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. And I mean, you've done considerable uh, research on the topic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, everything from the so-called rug pools with uh, what they call rug pools, where they basically deplete the value of certain scam coins with crypto. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you talked about a number, number of other historic examples and and then, and then there was also like some general criteria that you that you talked about, right, right, yeah, and um, and yeah, and there's quite a business. So so starting off from like the smallest stuff, you know, usually what happens is when you first form a business, as you well know, you 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 enter you end up in a directory, and don't be surprised, your state sells your information. I mean, that's the way it goes, right? Yeah. So you get on there. You're public, you know, if you, you know, if you work with us, you know, you'd be as anonymous as as you possibly can be. But, you know, most people go ahead and uh, and apply their business the way it is. And generally, it'll be coming back to an office or their home or, you know, perhaps a mailing address that they have. And then they'll start. Immediately, this information goes out and the scammers waste no time. They scale down the list of new businesses that's created and they start immediately. Usually one of the very first ones you get is somebody telling you like, hey, you didn't file the right paperwork uh, and um, you need to file it right away or they'll shut your company down. But if you send us, you know, quick 150 bucks, 200 bucks, we'll fill out the necessary paperwork for you to fill out uh, for your state. 
And this one uh, caught so many people in the Northeast uh, mm. that the uh, SBA, the Small Business Association, started like sending out, you know, correspondence to businesses saying like, hey, this is not a thing, right? So what I like to tell everybody is, you know, whatever, whatever route you went through, uh, to set up your business. You know, I always suggest you use someone competent. Um, but I mean, there's plenty of ways you can go. You can go to Inkfile, you can go to all of these places and set up a business. Please yeah. read all the information regarding the legality in your state. Some states, you know, yearly you have to do a filing. Sometimes it's every two years just to, you know, file the validity of your business. Um, some states you don't have to. This So every state is different. Before you finish filing off that business, or if you did, go ahead and read the rules of your state. It will be posted up on the state uh, um, business site of your local state. And you can look there and see when your filing dates are due, uh, anything else that's required of you, and that's it. If you need help with it and you went to a, a, a lawyer or a business consultant to help figure, go back to that person. Don't respond to any of that email and mail because everybody has it once you filed your business. That's right. And you'll you'll pay them 200 bucks and then they will kindly disappear after sending you a piece of paper talking about you filed and you'll think you're okay and you won't get it filed. Any, you won't get it filed anyway. No. Um, so that's the one. The next The next one usually comes from somebody posing as the IRS. And that's a fancy one, right? Like, hey, you know, you filed for this and filed for that. And then usually towards the end of some time period, they're like, hey, you didn't send in some quarterly taxes or this and that, and you're immediately eligible. And, and I'm talking about people who just created their entity, you know, maybe this year, right? That's right. So I always tell people, you go to your CPA or your tax professional and you go through everything. Do not just randomly respond. The IRS isn't into the habit of just randomly throwing out emails to you. If you filed on the federal site or if you filed your business with your state site, if they have that filing available, there is just regular community. They won't ask you to respond directly to anything. They won't ask you for any PIN numbers and any of that. And then, you know, always take it to your CPA or your accountant or whoever does your taxes and let them work through that process. Um, they have the proper portals, they have the proper everything, and don't just randomly click on stuff. And especially if they just send you something random, hey, you know, you're supposed to send us $2,500. And if you get a phone call to your business, a lot of people have to have their business's uh, phone number listed as services. Somebody calls you and say, yeah, we're from the IRS, you know, we'd like to settle this out at 2,500, but you know, if you do cash right now or do a wire transfer or a PayPal or anything like that, yeah, that's, that's not gonna be normal operating procedures, again, go through your tax person. This one is very prevalent, especially around tax season and business tax season. Yeah. Yeah. That that one that they send through the mail, mm -hmm. they, they even make it look like a government form. Mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. they, they've, they've copied that kind of cheap block style printing yes. and the, the, the font and, and all of that. And the, the you know, the, uh, the sophistication that these government forums have that they're never user friendly. They've, no. you know, and, and they emulate that and they make it even, and you have to look at the fine print to see such yeah. and such.com or, right. You know, uh, or, you know, go uh, irs.gov.inc, you know, and That's it's like, it. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. And, and, and you always have to remember that, like you said, you know, not that every single one that will approach you this way is a scam, but usually it's advertising. You know, I would say most of the time 
it's some firm advertising to charge you some service or fee um, uh, for your company, right? Because that's their job. They're basically cold calling you through these things. And like you said, they'll make it look very official to get your attention. But in the little fine print, because most states, you know, legally, you just have to print it somewhere. They never say how big the font has to be. But in the little fine print, you'll see this is an advertising or this is so-and-so.com or this is this and this is that. So a lot of times our first time business owners, you know, you're in business for the first time and you get to say, you know, you don't you don't really understand what mail you'll be getting. And you'll think that all these things are legit and they're really just designed to pull money from your pocket as quickly as possible. Yeah. Oh, the, the other one is the uh, the workman's comp. Yes. Uh, posters. That's the other one. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, I have a virtual office. I don't need workman's comp posters or anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that one pretty much comes automatic too. You've just filled your business. They don't even know what it is. You're, you're working virtually. You don't, you don't do anything. <laughs> you don't have any employees and they're like, Hey, if you don't have these things up in your office by such and such a date, you're in trouble. We can mail these things out to you immediately overnight. Just give us 250 bucks. You know, again, you know, your your professionals that you're working with or what you set up for your business, some of these things are, are kind of common sense. Yeah. But, you know, run it back through. Like, what what office am I putting it up in? You know, I, I, I do everything virtually. You know, I, I uh, you know, I, I sell digital products. I said, you know, well, you don't have an office that you have to have a posting about, you know, uh, uh, your sexual harassment rules. There's no office. There's no employee, you know, and if you do have these things in the pre setup, you will most likely if you're getting an office or something and setting up things that need to deal with contracts and employees, you should have a lawyer and counsel should be taking care of these things for you. Yes, that's right. 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 Absolutely right. You know, so it's kind of something uh, you brought to mind. And and, uh, if I if I interrupted where you were headed, you know, please uh, let me know. But. I just um, I wanted to kind of share this this brief little story because this is something that happened to me and I'm supposed to know better. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, this this happened over Facebook, oh. and I wanted to increase the number of deals I was doing simultaneously. So this mm-hmm. is how most scams happen: is they play upon your heart. There's something that you already want, mm-hmm. and they come along, and you're if you're not paying attention to what somebody really means and the fact that there could be two meanings to it, mm-hmm. then you might miss the fact that they're offering you something that uh, is probably too good to be true. Right. So take, for instance, in my case, you know, uh, uh, hard money loans are a great instrument to get into a building. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's common uh, that you'll put 10% of the purchase price down and mm-hmm. then they 100% finance the uh the construction part right your construction budget so when they said uh and, and in some and in some uh uh loans hard money loans will make you do 10 percent of the down payment and then 10 percent of construction some of mm-hmm. some of them will do it that way too so when they said a hundred percent financing right that this guy was offering uh you know i thought that he was referring to the construction aspect of a hard money loan Mm-hmm. So I wasn't thinking, oh, well, he means 100% period because he's, you know, and that's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. So we start in this conversation and I'm ready to rock. So I send this fool uh, some personal information okay, to get things rolled. Then he starts 
requesting money for processing fees and stuff. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Well, let's, you know, let's get through this first because you're saying that you can provide, you know, uh, however much, right? Mm-hmm. And then I realized that he's talking about 100%, 100%. I'm like, well, that is too good to be true. Right. Right. I also start noticing that his syntax and his grammar is choppy as if he's not from the United States. Yes, yes. Okay. That was the other thing. And then he starts demanding me send this process money right away. And I'm like, no, why don't you send me the approval first? You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Right. So then he sends me this document and it doesn't have a notary on it. It has a seal from a legal fraternity on it. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it and I was like, this not a notary. So, oh no, we got a problem. And I started peppering him with substantive questions. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't respond. So finally I go to the Facebook group and I report the dude to everybody and tell him that he's a scam. It forces me to go back and get identity theft protection, which is something I needed to get anyway. Right. And this guy sends me like this angry message and then has to disappear. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know? And so, but at the, you know, and then this other guy gets on and of course it's always the know-it-all. You shouldn't be falling for a hundred percent finance. Uh, I know everybody <laughs> knows that, but the way he was wording it, I'm thinking in my mind that he's referring to the hundred percent of the construction finance. Right. I didn't realize until later what he meant by that. So, you know, but yes, lesson learned, pay attention in the very beginning, understand very clearly who you're going through with these processes. And if they're not willing to meet you, like say Miss Brandy Sims will meet you on face FaceTime and you'll get to see her and talk to her. Right. And she'll try to get you uh, closed on commercial finance. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a perfect story you went into because that was exactly the next thing I was going to, you know, back in the days, um, you know, there was no social media platforms. And so, businesses, you know, you either had to have a presence or the yellow pages or, but there, there was a lot more face-to-face contact that had to be done. And if you were a local business, very rarely would you be talking to people from other places and states and it was kind of local. The internet has made this global. And so a lot of business owners start as a side hustle. And how do they start to get clientele? Facebook, TikTok, they join local groups, um, uh, businesses. Um, I mean, now there's specific, you know, a section for a business to join Facebook, but most people start as a side hustle, start making money and be like, hey, I got to turn myself into a legal business. I'm doing good. That's right. But what you don't realize is um, what you're referring to is confidence men, right? And um, not so much the one overseas where you can kind of pick up their bad English, but confidence men look for something to uh, anchor themselves to. And what easier way to find out what you're interested in anchor to is because I have your history on Facebook or on uh, social media, on Instagram, and I could get a good sense of the type of person you are and what you might be interested in and where you might be eager to attack. So there's a lot of information uh, about you on Facebook. And so that's one of the things we try to tell people is that as they're getting started or, or so much, maybe you start a fresh sort of Facebook page And, you know, even sometimes I go as far as saying, hey, you know, once you, you know, let all your people know that this is the page, you set your personal page down for a little while because a good confidence man can track all the way back through there and realize like, hey, 
he likes to donate money over here. That gives me an angle. Hey, you know, he's been doing this business this long and he's been doing it over here. And hey, he's from this school. And hey, he went from this. And then you start to get, hey, I'm so-and-so. I went to your same school. I graduated. I was a year behind you. You probably, and I, they start to work their wing. Because remember, through social media, we leave a lot of what we call bread breadcrumbs about our lives yeah. and somebody can use that. And you now years in now, finally getting your business off the ground, forget that you left all that private information about yourself. And you'd be like, Oh yeah, I did go to that high school. Oh yeah, that's right. And I did play on that football team. And oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I was two years behind you and Hey, I'm doing a business similar. And by the way, I'm part of that same charity that you are, you know, let's, let's do some business together. And like you said, this is where it starts to come apart. So you really got to be careful because so many people are combing through your social media um, ourselves. Like I said, we we've been uh, running the podcast and we get we get tons of solicitations. You know, yes. you know, I'm, you know, we don't really go back through them, but I'm sure a lot of them are legit. But you never know. But they're just listening, picking up clues, and you know, we're getting solicited. That's right. So, um, so you really have to watch that, that social media. And if somebody's cat, you know, contacting you through that social media, you really want to take it with a little grain of salt, unless, you know, you have a group and you're familiar with the people you've met, you've talked now, social media is a double-edged sword. It's a great way to contact people. It also leaves breadcrumbs open for yourself. Um, but when you're looking for things and we're going to go over this just right towards the end, you know, the top things to sort of look for that may be indicated of, you know, indicative of possibly this is not as correct as it should be. And that's one of the things that you mentioned, you know, it's sounding kind of good and they can make a play on words where you're thinking one thing and they're going with right. that and really something else is happening. And, uh, the other thing we'll go over is like you said, they start demanding payment, you know, almost immediately. Yeah, it's got to be and now. It's it's got to be now, and that and that's usually one of the uh, the main things. Um, one other thing I want to touch on before we go to that, uh, another major scam that'll start to happen is is that um, a lot of times they will uh, try to hit you from the banking side. Now, almost everybody should know this about your personal banking. Your bank doesn't email you, uh, doesn't uh, text you and then turn around and say, hey, log in through this text, right? Doesn't ever happen with, with a bank. I don't know any bank that, that currently does that as a practice. Now, if you set up for alerts and you set up for text alerts, your bank will alert you, hey, this and this happened to your account. And that's where it stops. You gotta go through your complete login process Mm -hmm. separately. They will never say respond directly to this and log in through this link. And that's usually connection to malicious hardware. Now, I generally say this because, you know, uh, you know, maybe we're used to checking our personal account quite regularly, but in general, sometimes we're not used to checking our business account uh, quite regularly, right? And so we'll go in there and we'll have our business account and we'll have all this money coming in and out. And, you know, we might wait like, ah, oh, reconcile at the end of the month or two weeks. And really it's something to check. If you're getting something like that, we got to remember, hey, this happens. If somebody says, hey, you know, we have an opportunity, you know, for you to pick up some business credit, you can go right now. Just go ahead and fill in your information. Generally not how it works. Now, you'll get solicitation through the mail. You will get solicitation uh, mailed from you from your bank, you know, that says, hey, you have a business account here. Perhaps you like something. Don't respond to anything. Go walk into your bank and take the correspondence with you mm -hmm. and walk in and go talk to your banker directly.
right? Never no need, you know, and I know a lot of times we love everything to be internet easy, but that's what they prey on. And so I know a person who, you know, he was like, hey, you know, they knew I used this particular bank and they sent me something and everything looked legit. And he just started responding to it. He was like, hey, they was offering business credit. And I was like, you know, the bank was three and a half minutes from your house. Um, you should have just took the correspondence and drove, drove over there and be like, hey, is this offer legit? Because they'll do the offer right there. And mm -hmm. if it's not legit, they'll be like, we don't know where you got this piece of paper from. Yeah. And so, you know, businesses are, are targeted a lot because, you know, they know that most people starting, especially startup businesses, you know, these are things that we're not normally used to. So yeah. you, you get correspondence from your bank or someplace you do business. Give your contact person a call. Hey, uh, so-and-so, did you send me, especially with... Um, uh, uh, anything with office supplies, anything with the place that you buy supplies from, any place that you uh, uh, purchase items from, you know, businesses, especially if you post and say, hey, I'd like to shout out so-and-so business. They took care of my company. Go look them up. And these scammers will go through your social media, grab that information and say, hey, you know, this is from so-and-so with this business. You know, if you log on to this site over here, we'll give you a business. No, call your contact person. Be like, hey, Joe, did you send me this? That was interesting. You know, you got my phone yeah. number. I do business with you all day. How come you didn't just give me a call? So. Mm -hmm. No, that's right. It, it, there's, and there's something else, too. You know, the the commercial finance game is less regulated than personal finance, right? So yes. uh, as a result, there are not as many uh, consumer protection laws put in place about data and privacy for commercial loans. Uh, if you're getting a commercial mortgage, mm -hmm. the person giving you that mortgage, selling that mortgage, is not required to have a, a NMLS number, actually. Mm -hmm. It's only when they sell you a residential mortgage they're required to have that. Now, mm -hmm. some people came from residential first and then got into commercial mortgage uh, brokering, and so they still have one and they'll post it, but that's actually not required. Right. And then the other thing, too, is the usury laws, right, of each state. If you go mm -hmm. through the usury laws of every state, they all try to regulate the the uh, interest rates of loans in every state. But by mm -hmm. the time you add all the exceptions up, they're effectively non-existent. Right. But the key, though, is that for every almost every state in the country has an exception for commercial. Right. So you have to be very careful about tacking on extra points. Uh, and and uh, uh, compounding interest rates and things of that sort where something starts off with a wonderful introductory rate to get you in. And then next thing you know, you get hit with that uh, with an adjustable rate uh, that was hidden within there. Now, a lot of commercial loans do actually have uh, adjustments built in, legitimate ones that you can get from the bank and they'll sometimes go up or down. But what mm -hmm. I'm talking about is basically hidden language that turns into a loan shark very quickly is what yeah. I'm referring to. And yeah. it's, and it's, it's not prohibited by a lot of States because if it's done in the name of commerce and mm -hmm. not the individual, it's going to be accepted and allowed. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's one of the last ones I wanted to bring up. And if our fans want us to go over the litany of others, but I think these are the big ones. 
The next one is the valuation fraud. Just, just as you were speaking on commercial loans and everything is this valuation fraud. And on the simplest way, it works like this. Somebody will call you up claiming to be a broker and be like, hey, see, you got your business up and running. I saw it started from a hustle, been tracking you since social media. And, you know, now you're a full-fledged business. And, you know, maybe you're bringing in 100, 150000 a year uh, gross or 200000 or whatever. And uh, I can get, you know, I can get some good money for your business. You know, I can get you 10 times, you know, gross income or give you some valuation. Now, this sounds good, right? Maybe you've worked it from a side hustle, worked your way up. Now you're a full LLC, S Corp or whatever you're doing, and you're making some money and you're feeling good. And, you know, it's a little bit of a stroke to our ego when somebody calls up and be like, man, that business you're doing is fantastic. I've been watching you since you've been selling your your wares since social media and, you know, thing and congratulations. And listen, you know, there's people like you just joined the big boy club. There are people out here willing to pay for your business upwards to one, two million or whatever. And of course, we're like, what? Really? Hey, listen. I come out, I do a professional evaluation on your business. Let me go through all the books and everything. You know, you give me a down payment of about $500 and I can get a buyer for your business real soon. And of course, you know, that'll be the last time you see your 500 and any sort of valuation, <laughs> right? So, that's correct. yeah, right. And, and listen, they talk big numbers, you know, and if you, and you, and let me tell you something, if you worked your behind off and built up a side hustle and you're making 200,000, I mean, it sounds wonderful to you to hear about, you know, you could have a check for like 2.5 million inside of 30 days. But I promise you, if you're interested in selling your business, they are very legit places that you can go to and talk to legit brokers. And there is no cost for you. Right. There is no service fee. That broker gets paid if your business sells and he's got a hustle to sell it. And you know what will happen if he doesn't think your business is worth anything, he won't be bothered. Right. Or if he doesn't think he can sell it, it won't be bothered. There is no upfront cost for that. Um, so you can do that. And uh, a lot of these scam artists for valuation will also say, well, hey, I have to list it in a couple directories. There's directory fees plus my fee. You know, by the time you finish, I've heard some packages cost like three, four grand, you know, to put it on all these supposed great directories and these raw reports of businesses and stuff like that. And hey, listen, none of that makes sense. Somebody want to offer you good money. They offer you good money. There's a broker in the middle that's going to get paid anyway. So if you're interested in valuing your business or, or, or you know, getting a true number, you go out and you solicit the broker. You look for a legit uh, place to do it, and um, that will save you tons of money. And don't don't let them don't let that little stroke of your ego, they're stroking you up, talk you into spending a couple hundred bucks. You know? Yeah, they are master strokers, man. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, another one that I, I wanted to point out too is real estate deals, legitimate ones mm -hmm. should come with a private placement memo. Yes. All right. Uh, business deals period should have one private placement mm -hmm. memo, multiple pages. Yes. Yeah. They're paying the butt to read, but mm -hmm. it means that somebody put some time in. Right. It's one thing for them to give you a, a pitch deck and, and every business should have a pitch deck. And that's great. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. 10 to, to 12 slides, right. no more. And then the rest are put into an appendix. Then you got your business plan, but that's a little different than mm -hmm. your private placement memo. Mm -hmm. It's going to cover the same information, but it expounds on it. It's got the same pro forma. And then they have what's called a, a subscription agreement. Mm -hmm. And whether whether now you can do it through CrowdEngine, you can put a subscription agreement on there and, and sign through DocuSign. So that's fine. You know, it's been updated and, and brought to modern technology. But 
yet and still the principle is still the same. It should right. appraise you of the risk. That's mm-hmm. what a private placement is. A private placement is there to say, hey, you know, essentially, uh, I went to Vegas and it didn't stay in Vegas. Right. right. You know, I, you know, it's full disclosure of, hey, our product, our product can likely lead to this, this and this. Or, you know, it appraises you of the risk along with the reward in a very uh, forthright manner. It's right. not a con artist, no job document and then you're able to have what they call a subscription agreement where you sign personally so somebody right. uh that you and i know uh talked about a, a group of guys down in puerto rico that had a real estate deal they were putting together and the gentleman told us he wrote them a 500 dollars check and never saw him since and my first question was they didn't give you a subscription agreement to sign right private right. placement of course you weren't gonna see that 500 mm-hmm. uh there's another uh, someone else that told me a story um, about a group of guys that would go to the cigar shop and they they hang. I bet if we went in there today, they'd be in there. Yeah, uh-huh. these guys have a very keen ear for they love the young guys, the young high dollar blue collar worker, right? Mm-hmm. Your railroad worker, your chemical plant worker. They get they got good money for the work they do. And when they find out that you're one of those guys, they take you in like you belong to the club, mm-hmm. put their arm around you. And, hey, man, you're doing well with that. You know, and then they take you out to lunch and get you to invest with them. And mm-hmm. you never sign an agreement. You never sign anything. And you never see that money ever again. That's right. That's right. And, then, and, and that lunch that they're treating you to was paid for by either you or the previous sucker. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they recycle that money and they're going to have that good steak. They're going to have it and they're going to make sure you have it too. So, you know, and, and, and then they know that, uh, that enough, you know, that it, they're not, they didn't ask you for too much money to where it's worth law enforcement time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's, it, but, you know, they, they asked for just the right amount. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, it's it's uh, like you said, it's these key things, these key things that are that are that our business owners, you know, need to hone in on. And um, that that that's bringing us up to some key points that uh, they can write down. So j- just for our uh, just for our beginners, those who might be new to this and first time hearing this. So you like to see real estate deals and business deals. They should have a private placement agreement. And just in layman's term, how would you define the private placement? Uh, private placement is going to be, it's a, it's a, it's a huge document that appraises you of the risk. It's a, it's a big, honest document is what it is. Good, good. And then the subscription agreement, how would you describe that for our lay people? So it comes attached to the to the private placement memo, and it essentially says, "I signed this because I'm down with this investment, and therefore, right. because I signed it and I have a copy of it now for myself, you have to pay me." Right, right, excellent. And and um, um, could you just speak on real quickly about um, having the um, uh, I'm not sure how they call it legally, but we've always called it an out clause, right? Or a subject to clause. I'm not sure what the legal is, but it's like, hey, if something turns out not right while I'm checking this out, I do have an out. I'm not yes. subject to anything. 
Yeah, you definitely you definitely do want to sub yeah, subject to is is a good term. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, subject to clause. And you you'll you'll put about maybe two to three things in there. Uh mm. uh number one, you'll you'll have one line and it's it, they're very simple. If if it's not included, then write it in there and and put your signature next to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and have them uh, uh, sign that that particular aspect too. And what you want to say is number one, that uh, final uh, purchases and agreements uh, will be subject to advisors, partners, uh, and the like, essentially signing off on this deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you wanted you want to say twenty one business days to give yourself a month. Nice. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the other thing too, is you can, you can put, uh, and or assigns. So mm-hmm. that means that maybe, maybe the deal can work out, but somebody more experienced. Right. right? So now mm-hmm. you can assign this, you have the right to assign this to mm-hmm. someone else who can fit in your stead and they can go on and they'll pay you a fee. Right. For those right. deals. So they'll, they'll pay you a bird dog fee. Hey, you found it for me. Here goes five thousand for finding it, and then mm-hmm. and then I'll take over the deal from here. Right, right, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's that's the old school term bird dogging, uh, but that's really just the finder fee from my yeah. younger those younger listeners out there. Bird dogging <laughs> is what we called it though, the old wholesaling term bird dogging. So yeah, that's that right. is bird excellent. dogging is when you make the finder fee your actual business model, right? That's right. That's right. I used to do a little of that in my young days myself, so I'm quite fond of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually so that's a way to, to look at things and, and things that should be in place when you're doing business. And when we're talking about in general, if you're worried about or unsure when you're entering something, um, if there's ever an immediate axe for transfer of cash, this should be a red flag. You should be able to discuss business with someone and um, um, uh, me and you multiple times do this. We'll start off with a, a, a basic um, um, uh, uh, agreement. Uh, what do we call it again? It's it's just slipped my mind just there. Uh, private placement or? Uh, no, uh, a memorandum of understanding, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, and you'll often, if we're discussing business with someone, be like, hey, listen, let's just do a little basic memorandum of understanding, nothing binding, let's make sure. If nobody's really, if nobody's willing to start signing these things, you know, hey, you know, let's do an NDA, a, a non, a, you know, a non-disclosure agreement, yes. you know, let's do a little memorandum of understanding. If people are not willing to start putting their names on contracts, one, they're trying to remain anonymous, could be a little bit of a red flag, right? You don't want to do that. Uh, two, if they need money to be transferred right away, this is another little bit of a red flag. Um, you know, we should be able to discuss, you know, look at business and we should have terms made just like the Eva doctor business said, there should be some terms and things laid out and money really shouldn't be transferred till things are completed and we're satisfied. And, uh, don't be afraid to put a, put things in uh, an escrow company, which we'll probably talk about in another, in another episode before things happen to really make sure. That's right. if nobody is willing to do these things with you, which is normal business practices for people who are not trying to get over, then you have to take these things with a grain of salt, right? Yes, that's right. There is a difference between, and I'm glad you brought it up, a mm-hmm. difference between a contract to sell and a mm-hmm. contract of sale. 
Mm. And it's not complicated. What it means is a contract to sale is what you start off with. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the LOI. You can do a letter, uh, short for letter of intent. They're non-binding. Like you said, mm-hmm. MOUs, they're typically non-binding. And mm-hmm. then you go to that, that next phase where you might go ahead and sign the contract to sell. Mm-hmm. And you do this when you go for a house, right? You put right. earnest money down or you or even a car. Right. And you just put, you know, a hundred, five hundred bucks down because that's a contract to sell. Right. Which means that if it doesn't happen and you kick the tires and don't like it, you can decide whether you want to go ahead and get your few hundred bucks back, but you basically paid for an education to mm-hmm. absolve yourself of a larger obligation. So it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Or you just forego it and say peace out, you you know, and you know it's not worth my time, or exactly. or you call a bigger dog in on the deal that you know can probably handle it, mm-hmm. and if they take it, you get your fee. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So contract mm-hmm. to sale and contract of sale; those are two things, two separate things. You start off with the contract to, and then it becomes a contract of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if nobody's willing to go through these steps and they don't want to put their name on anything. And like you said, there's no way to get a thing or even even a Zoom call going, you know, be best to walk away and find some counsel and let somebody else look at this deal or this situation. Yeah. It's okay to be a snob. Yes. (laughs) It's okay to be a snob. If somebody is approaching you and they don't have the right business look uh, Mm -hmm. and, and the right business acumen, and I mean, at least at least decent grammar requisite to what they what the industry they're saying they're in. OK, mm-hmm. you know, now it's one thing if you see a young punk coming at you and they're young and green behind the ears and you can tell somebody's mentoring them in the background. Right. You know, you can almost hear their voice. That's different. But somebody who's not requisite to what they're saying, uh, you, uh, you need to be very careful. Yes. Go ahead yes. and be a snob. Go, go ahead and be a snob. And do not be afraid of the pushback either. Uh, a lot of um, a, a lot of these people, they kind of know when you're new in business, they've seen your business. Maybe they just, you know, they looked at the registry, they see it just started and you'll question something and they'll try to question it like, what? You don't know that? No, no, this is how it goes. Uh, let me send money. If you don't know something and if you don't feel something's right, don't ever let somebody, especially our culture, a lot of times we get into business and we don't feel, you know, we didn't come from this background and maybe we're the first ones in our family that start a business. And these other, quote unquote, big people around the table or want to do business will get to trying to push you around. You know, especially if you're young, you're from our culture. A lot of times you'd be like, oh, well, you know, these guys won't do business with me. And they'll they'll start pushing you around, demanding things that don't go. If you don't understand something, ask. If you see something written in a contract and you don't know the word ask, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't. Right. Don't worry about anything. Plenty of times we'll be going through something, right? And, I, and, and I'll give the evil doctor business a call and I'll be like, you know what? I'm reading something and I don't know. It's not making sense to me. Could you look at this for me? And I will tell whoever we're doing business with, we do it all the time. Like, hey, that doesn't really look right, you know? Right. And if we start getting pushback or whatever, nobody makes us feel any kind of way, right? At the That's end right. of the day, this is our money or our deal or our thing we're putting together. And I don't really care, you know, how you think I'm going to look. I'm going to ask the necessary questions. More people, more people get stuck in more problems simply. And when you talk to them, right, what do we always hear? You know, 
you know, it didn't feel right. Well, why'd you do it? You know, everybody was there. I didn't want to feel stupid. I didn't want to look stupid. You know, I, I thought that's how business go. It was my first time. Yeah, but that internal instinct would have cost you to ask, right? Have no problem with saying, hey, you know what? That's great. Write it down and let me run it past counsel. Because I promise you, that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Just just lie and say, yo, my aunt you know, she's real protective and she's an attorney. Let me right. let me take what you gave me and run this by and see what's up. Well, yeah, right. you know, and, and one of the biggest things that people do is they'll try to play this mind game with you and, and make you feel a certain kind of way for asking for yes. certain things to be signed. Mm-hmm. And and they'll say, well, you know, my my word is my bond. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. you know? Well, you know what? It is. But, mm-hmm. you know, I have investors. I have mentors. I got folks who yeah. are are in this with me and they're going to want to see your signature. Before right. I before I make a move, yes. And beautiful. if you still refuse, then we got a problem. Beautiful, beautiful, and that's a beautiful answer. You ever feel stuck in a minute or a moment? Be like, hey, I got to, I got to run it by it. I got to do this. I got to run it by counsel. You know, I got investors. I got to run it by them first. You know, whatever gives you a chance, especially when they're trying to force you to do something in the moment, sign something in the moment. Because trust me, any legitimate business deal that's going down for you. Nobody has a problem with anybody. Matter of fact, they, they should almost insist on it, right? We never do business with anybody. I'd be like, hey, listen, let's write this up and see how we feel. We'll talk in a couple of days. What's, what's the rush, right? Whether yeah. I make a million dollars today or I make it three months from now, what's the difference? It's still a million dollars. But nobody should be forcing me to sign something right there and I'm looking at it for the first time. Let me get it back. And, and, and I love how you said it. They have a way of trying to make you feel a kind of way to get their way. Yeah. That's right. You know, I, I shouldn't have to sign anything. We should be we should be on such good terms that your word should be your bond. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what? My word is my bond, but here it is on paper. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, if, you, you know, I'm willing and if it's a document that you're insisting on, then you mm-hmm. need to see that they sign it. And, and right. if you know and, and it's OK if they want to take it to their attorney. Cool. That's right. Take it to That's their right. attorney. You know, that's right. Yeah. And, and and as you can attest to, when things go wrong, when you get to court, you, you know what they don't take in court? My word is my bond. Right. Yeah. You can attest to, the judge is going to be like, where's the contract? Well, the, you know, his word was his bond and my word. Was, yeah. OK, no, that doesn't work here. Where's the contract? Or if you signed something already and you felt you shouldn't have signed it before you had a check, what do they do? They're going to look at it in court and be like, yeah, well, you signed this. And when you go, well, I didn't know. And. It's almost like, well, too bad. That's why you don't do that. You should have went to counsel. So trust me, there's no feelings that end up in court. So, you know, you don't want deals to go bad, but always think about deals in that fashion. Yeah, no, that's right. Absolutely. It's much better to get in writing. The court does uphold verbal agreements Mm -hmm. and they have remedies for all those. Right. But man, it's such a headache. It is my, my word against yours. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's the uphill way to try to win a fight. Yeah, no, that's right. It's definitely uphill. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so I hope that that's good. That's good for our, 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 our young entrepreneurs starting out there, our old entrepreneurs, people who've been in it, you know, you got to watch yourself. You, you've worked hard to get to this position and trust me when I tell you, 
you know, you had to scrape your way up from where you are. Trust me, when you start off in business, there's still hungry people and sharks trying to come after your stuff. So be very protective. You can still be friendly in business. At the end of the day, it's just like, hey, we just have to do things the proper way. That's all. Absolutely. And uh, don't be afraid to call the people that you actually do business with. And, you know, it's okay to pick up the phone. You know, we've gotten caught up with social media and everything, but it's okay to pick up the phone and call somebody and just double check. You know, that that still works very well. It's okay if you're around the corner from somebody or your bank to go on and walk right in and check something out. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, We actually, uh, once fiduciary actually signed an agreement with a, a great young lady attorney down in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And we put together, uh, actually start off just a basic service contract. Mm-hmm. And there was no real uh, template to go on. So we had to kind of use an, uh, a general service agreement. Mm-hmm. And so she was actually able to go back and forth with me about, okay, let's pin this term down and let's define that. Let's change this sentence around. I did not have a problem with that because it made things much clearer. Yes. And and that's what you want. And that's what you want. And that's a good working business relationship. Yes. If you don't get that, trust me, there are plenty of other people to do business with. But a good working business relationship where nobody's trying in, you don't have to worry about anything going on, should work that smoothly. Like, hey, I'd like to define, hey, not a problem. Let's define it. Hey, I would like this. Hey, not a problem. Let's find a way. Good business scenarios that are not going to be scams generally work on a win-win scenario. You need something. I need something. Let's define what do we do when we get stuck in a position. And this should never be a problem. And, you know, and if you find it a problem or somebody squeezing over you, you know, go on. There's, there's other fish in the sea, as they like to say. That's absolutely right. So, all right. So I guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys got some value out of this. Um, if you love it, hit us a line. We'll go over some other things to do. We will be doing a lot more business breakdowns. Um, but, you know, take this to heart. You worked hard for your business. Don't just let it slip away and don't get hit by these scammers. <laughs> With that being said, thank you all so much for your time. That's right. And we shall see you next week. Take care. <laughs>